Welcome to Let It Lopate at Large. I'm Let It Lopate. It's been a while since we've had a visit from our favorite language experts, the brother and sister team of Catherine and Russ Petrus, so we thought it was time to invite them back to answer our language questions. Their most recent book is Awkward Moments, awkward spelled A-W-K-W-O-R-D, Awkward Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know. And like there are other books on language, that doesn't mean what you think it means and you're saying it wrong. It's published by 10 Speed Press. They also have a podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. If you have a question on word usage, grammar, or pronunciation for Kathy and Ross, we invite you to give us a call here at 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. R- Ross and, and Catherine, welcome back. Hi. Hello. Hi there. I, I, sorry, it's a cell phone, so I have to hold it up. In one of your recent podcasts, you looked at contronyms, words that are also known as ant- antagonyms. What are they? Ant- auto-antonyms. Yeah. Oh, auto autogonyms. Well, whatever. <laughs> what are they? Those are words that actually have one meaning, and then they have the, they mean the exact opposite as well, or the, the partial opposite. Like sanction, so which can mean both approve yeah, and exactly. punish? You've got it, Slep. You've got it, Leonard. They're exactly that. And they're sort of interesting because they, they kind of illuminate one interesting aspect of language is that we tend not to have a problem dealing with them. We tend to know when they're used, and what they mean, even though they can also mean the opposite, which is sort of interesting because when we think of words, we always think words need to have an exact meaning, and indeed they don't. Well, do we know why? They're, are they, uh, were they, did they evolve over time to mean the opposite, or are they actually two different words from different roots? It, it actually, that's very typical, of, uh, particularly in English, um, it mostly depends on, on, on the background, and sometimes the words uh, meant the same thing, and then I mean, sometimes the word uh, changed over time, and people took two different meanings from it. Sometimes they came from two different origins, and then they, they sort of coalesced together. So it, it really all depends. But it was sort of fun to do because we, we started doing a list online and, mm-hmm. and talking, and we got quite a list going. Yeah, there, we uh, we have things. quite a few. Uh, I have quite a few listed here as well. By the way, I think okay, we have Kathy back. Kathy, are you there? I guess not. Okay, well, we thought we had Kathy. Uh, so and, and a couple of other examples. Um, for example, uh, didn't the word awful originally mean full of awe? How did it come to full mean terrible? Yeah. That one, though, is actually sort of interesting because we pretty much have that as a, um, that could be a contronym in terms of historical contronyms. But right now, we tend not to say awful as meaning good. Mm-hmm. I think a classic contronym would be uh, dust, because you can dust, uh, you can dust something like dusting uh, uh, sugar onto a um, cake, mm-hmm. or you can dust and remove things from, dust from something. So that would be a clear example, I think, of a contronym. Cleave is another one. It can mean to cling to or to cut apart. Yes. Cleave is very famous. Clip can be one, too. Fasten Mm -hmm. or detach. Yeah. Um, 
there, there are hundreds of them. Dike Bolt. Can be a, is a wall to prevent flooding, or it can also be a ditch. Bolt, I mean, which can mean to fasten, as in bolt the door, or to flee, as in and there's also a bolt of lightning. Yes. Boy, I, I wonder what you're getting. You're you're onto it. Yes. <laughs> it's fast. We looked up. Uh, we were trying to find other uh, others in different languages as well, but English to. I mean, this is very unscientific, but English seems to be one of the richest languages in terms of contronyms. But they're fun. Hmm. The one that really got me the most was actually quantum. Because we technically, a quantum leap is really just a, a change of state. But we think of a quantum leap as being huge. Yes. So quantum could be one, too. Another one uh, that struck me was screen, which can mean to show, as in screen a film, or to hide, mm-hmm. as in screen something from sight. Right, exactly. No, they're, they're, uh, weather. To weather can be like, I weathered the storm. It can also be the storm weathered away the uh, you know stucco from my house. And fast. So there could be there. Fast can mean either quick or stuck, or of course yes. it can also mean to stop eating. Yes. Boy, skin I. Skin could be. Go ahead. Skin could be to cover or remove. What? Okay. Okay. Uh, we okay. are. Uh, we're still trying to get Kathy there. <laughs> uh, okay. No. You, Faded out for a second. I, I don't know what happened. Garnish is a strange one. It can mean to decorate a, a plate of food or to withhold wages. How did that mm-hmm. happen? I have that one's an interesting one. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think I had looked that up once. How did that get to be? Because a lot of times the etymologies change. I mean, they they're like sort of interesting stories around how these words came to mean what they did. Hmm. Um, let me just. Hold up, what, uh, keep talking, and I'm going to check. Well, look up I think, notes here I think that Kathy has finally joined us. Hi, Kathy. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I hate technology. I have many words I feel like saying right now, none of which were antagonisms or whatever, but they're very antagonistic. <laughs> now, you're in Spain? Yes, yes, I'm in Granada, Spain. Are you hoping to also become an expert on the Spanish language? <laughs> Give me time. I'm barely able to order wine right now in restaurants, so I need a little more work. Does Spanish also have uh, contronyms and antagonyms? I am sure they do, but to, for the life of me, I couldn't tell you one right now. I'm sort of rattled. Mm. Well, <laughs> learn, trying to learn Spanish, I, I'm thinking about how these words that we're discussing must really confuse people who are trying to learn English. Well, that's the whole thing. It's so funny. I was saying to Ross the other day that being a language nut and, and now in a country where I don't know the language uh, fluently at all, my, my goal is to be able to make puns in Spanish. <laughs> Once I achieve that, I'll feel like I've done it. So, Leonard, I'm counting on you. You have to start saying puns in Spanish for me to, to steal, to crib. <laughs> I was Some of the other words that really struck me, uh, terrific, originally meant... Something that caused terror, didn't it? And now it means wonderful. Yeah, that's an, that's an example exactly. of what of what we call it when language changes, and that's called amelioration. The language, the word starts out bad and then it becomes good. There's also pejoration when a word starts out good and then goes bad. Well, we have that in slang a lot. Uh, some words are uh, intentionally used to mean their opposite, as in using bad, wicked, or, or filthy mm-hmm. to mean good things. Mm-hmm. By the way, I want to remind... Odd... Yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was going to say it's just such an odd thing because there's certain words like nice and sweet that were actually bad initially, as Ross was saying, the preservation, and you wouldn't even think that at all now. I mean, and, and they might have started out in, in a slang way, and now it's just so generally accepted. Nice was Although bad had, at one point? Pardon me? Yeah, what was nice, Ross? Nice. Remember we had found all that stuff on nice once? Yes. Do you remember? Although before we get into that, I can say that nice, but nice can also, uh, nice used to be stupid. Oh, really? Because it comes from the Latin nescius, which means ignorant. Hmm. And the scary, not, here I go with my Latin, excuse me, but not to know. (laughs) And then from from that, uh, but when you think about it, ignorant in a way, if you're ignorant, you're not particularly threatening, so therefore, or (laughs) sometimes to the Romans you weren't, so therefore you could become seen as not threatening and ergo nice. You're listening to Leonard Lopez at Large on WBAI New York, streaming live at WBAI.org. And uh, we have finally been able to put together today's guests, uh, 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 who are pretty far away from each other, one in Toronto and one in, what did you say, Granada, Spain? Correct, yes. Okay. And uh, so we're talking about Kathy and Ross Petrus. uh, And we... Invite you, our listeners, to uh, to join in. Uh, if you have examples of contronyms you'd like to sh- share, or any kind of question on language for Kathy and Ross, again, our number is two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. That's two one two two zero nine twenty eight seventy seven. Do we have any calls? No, no, no calls yet. Okay, but we're working on it. Now, you guys also did a podcast on what you call Pretentious Confusables. That title sounds pretty highfalutin to me. What's a pretentious confusable? I was going to say, actually, it sounds kind of pretentious, doesn't it? I said it, not you. Good. (laughs) Is it when somebody uses a longer, more complicated word than the shorter one that would be either as correct or more correct? Exactly. It's like when people think they're sounding very smart and using words that sound similar to another word, and they end up saying the wrong word, so they certainly don't sound as smart as they hope to initially. So, and an example you give is explicate instead of explain. Are the two words uh, interchangeable, or do they actually have different well, meanings? Well, to some degree, that's an interesting one. And, I mean, to be really fair on this one, I never would use explicate. And we looked this word up. I mean, I... You know, obviously, it, I know what it generally means, but technically, explicate means to sort of tease out meaning, um, usually in philosophical uh, sort of uh, situations. An explanation is more of the basic word. An exp- explication accounts what it is for something to exist or occur in a certain way. Hmm. In other words, we're getting tactical here. Let's stick with explain rather than explicate. Yes. Okay. Well, I. Uh... I, I think that the simpler word is always the best one, but uh, I guess if you want to sound smart, uh, uh, we, uh, we, we have smart listeners, so let's uh, put a, a caller on the air. Our number again, 212-209-2877. BAI, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Hi there. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, okay. Hi, Leonard. Uh, yeah, I, just as far as the words that go both ways, there was the... Uh, term sanction, mm-hmm. uh, but I was I was really calling in about uh, nice and all, all the whole assortment of words that are in the uh, Middle English. I had a, 
great uh, copy of uh, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, Middle English was it? And then, mm-hmm. uh, well, actually, it was like one page uh, with that. And uh, yeah, nice. I think originally meant someone who is naive or not knowing. Mm-hmm. I have some other words uh, that uh, work that way. Uh, oversight can be used to mean supervision or something that's forgotten, and overlook also has a similar double meaning. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We, Cleave is the one that everybody always speaks yeah, to, and I, I think that's the one most of us automatically I mentioned that ah, earlier. I wasn't there. Yeah. I was busy. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were I was busy panicking. Yeah. <laughs> but again, though, we go back to what, what Leonard just said about overlook. The interesting thing about when we use the word overlook, we tend to immediately know, if I say I'm overlooking I'm overlooking the uh, uh, peering over the top of, we understand it, or overlooking in the sense of uh, not worrying about it. We know instinctively what these words mean in context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we take another call? Absolutely. Okay, again, the number 212-209-2877. WBAI, you're on the air. Are you also a Chaucer reader? <laughs> No, <laughs> I, I do read a lot of books. I read uh, almost entirely nonfiction. I don't have a computer, and I don't want one. But in my all my reading experience, there's two words which I think they mean, mean the same thing. I'm not really sure. I think one may be a verb, one may be a noun, but maybe they mean the same thing. So one quick comment, though. This is not my main call. I always thought the word to garnish a salary, I thought the word was garnishy, but that's not why I called. No, a garnishy is, is a person who garnishes, who's being yes. garnished. Yeah. Yeah, all right. right. Well, anyway, uh, the two words I don't get, I don't know the difference between distrust and mistrust. Is one a mm. verb and one a noun, or is it the same thing? That's a good one, actually, because mm. it's like disinterest and uninterest, which do mean different things. But now, distrust, this is okay, Ross. I'm, I'm counting on you right now. I'm well, people misuse dis- than I. People misuse well, disinterest dis- when they mean uninterested. Disinterested means that, yeah. for example, if there is uh, some kind of a uh, a transaction happening, you are have nothing to do with it. You're disinterested, right? Yeah, correct. Exactly. But misinterested means right. you you you're not interested in what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. But now I'm but, curious about the distrust, mistrust. That's hmm. a well, very good question. Well, distrust is a verb. Distrust is a verb, and mistrust is a verb. Hmm. It sounds to me like they're interchangeable. Um, they're okay. Wait, it, 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 they're really roughly the same. They both mean lack of trust. <laughs> but the, this is—I mean, this is getting now. We're getting really technical. I would never even worry about it. But distrust often means that you don't—you don't trust it based on your experience. While mistrust can mean that you don't trust it because you just feel uneasy about it. So you mistrust this person on the, you know, who picks you up a, as a hitchhiker because he could be a serial killer. You distrust it because you see a knife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a lovely example. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to go home tonight. Uh, <laughs> should we, caller, you have anything else you want to No, we're going to go to another caller. BAI, you're on the air. All right. Hello. Hey, it's Russ Lenny. Uh, that could be applied to disinformation and misinformation also. But having been called a ignorant reactionary by a host on BII, 
I appreciate now. Not me. A, I know, not you, Bob. Oh. Uh, but now I'm a nice reactionary. <laughs> and I was wondering, as reactionary, reactionaries are conservatives, but conservatives don't react. And but a reactionary does react. And one more thing, I'd like to ask your two great guests. Um, you know, Chappelle said people make up words to win arguments, and trans women are not following the signs. Do you have any opinion about that making up words to win arguments? Thanks very much. Okay. It's an interesting question, okay. though. What do you think? I, I mean, I think it doesn't, I mean, English, any language, I mean, I do think that one makes up words and, 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 and it grows and so forth. So I don't really know the thrust of it. If, I mean, to win arguments, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say on that one. It's a toughie. I, I was thinking about the words that sound similar and so get misused. For example, simplistic used to mean simple. Simplistic has a yeah. negative connotation. Simple is, is actually quite neutral. And yet yeah, people... Exactly. People use them yeah. interchangeably. And then there's. That one really bothers me. Really? Because I think simplistic has a clear meaning mm. of being overly simple. Yeah. And I think that, that and that's dangerous to, to, uh, to use them interchangeably in this case. What about practical so what versus I, practical? That's a good one, actually. Again, because that's a case where they, have, they definitely have distinct meanings. There's not really an overlap. I mean, someone practical. Is, well, they do come from the same root, but I mean, someone practical. It's like you know, it's it's suitable for a purpose. It's 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 useful. Mm -hmm. Something practicable is simply something that you can put into practice. It's feasible. It's something you can do. So they're very different. I mean, yeah. but people miss into use them interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think because again, you go back to I think there's the tendency for some people to think the extra syllable makes it smarter. And the extra syllable makes it correct. <laughs> Unexceptional and unexceptionable are two uh -huh. that are very common and two others that are very different. Should we take another so call? Going back to even, yeah, go ahead. Oh, finish, finish your thought. Okay, I was going to say, going back to even what the, what the caller was asking, what really fascinates us watching language is how it changes. And we're giving you some examples like simplistic, mm -hmm. and we were talking about simplistic and mm -hmm. simple, et cetera, and those being clearly different meanings. Yet, as the language changes, whatever we do or say, it changes, and both are becoming interchangeable at this point. And that really was what gets me mm. about language. It changes even as we watch and speak. Well, mm. yeah, well, there are words that are disappearing before our eyes. We've talked about this before. The word few seems, few and fewer seem to have totally gone out of the language, and we just use the word less, or at least a lot, yes. of, a lot of people other than me. Uh, use the word less instead of few and fewer. So, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. is less going to be okay in in five years? I think you're going to still uh, hear it, but I think that I think it's gotten to the point where they are interchangeable, and I don't think you're going to get if you correct something. I think people look askance at you for the correcting, hmm. as opposed to mm -hmm. in the older days, if you will, you'd be looked at askance for the for the misuse because it's no longer considered a misuse. Which bothered, which reminds me of the betonoir for Kathy and for Kathy and me, which is the word F O R T E. It's not my fort. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up, Ross. <laughs> what? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Fort, well, which one should forte. we say, forte or fort? You should say fort. Oh, gee. Well, most people think you should you should, because it comes from. Um, 
it comes from the French and the E is silent at the end uh-huh. in that in that formation. But because most people say forte, so it got gets to the point when you say it, you go, well, that's not my fort or mm-hmm. forte. Uh, and then you start explaining why you use the word fort, so we just basically say, that's not my strength. It sounds pretentious to say, that's think, not my fort. It does. <laughs> I think you should just say, it's not my strength, and be done with it. <laughs> Let's yeah. take another call. Hi, BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, hi. Uh, it's, it's Paul from Brooklyn. Okay. And uh, that's interesting about fort, or forte, because... I studied music, and forte uh, is the the name in music for loud because yeah. it's right, Italian. exactly. So exactly. I wasn't aware that uh, that's not my. But that forte in music comes from the Italian. The right, fort, in right. terms of strength, com- this is the problem with English. The fort, in terms of strength, <laughs> comes from the French. So forte <laughs> is correct when you're technically correct when you're talking about music. And fort is technically correct, but you're talking about this is my strength. And that's the problem with English in a nutshell right there. Because we borrow so many words from other languages? Yes. Correct. Although, I was going to say, now Ross was saying before, or or Leonard, you were with the less and fewer. Now, I think when you look at most dictionaries, the pronunciation will give you forte Mm -hmm. for the meaning of fort. (laughs) But not the (laughs) fort that people are in. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) I'm in Spain, okay? (laughs) Uh, Well, this was interesting. I mean, I, I, I wanted to also bring up that there are words that have different meaning, obviously, or not even opposite necessarily, but uh, like uh, bow and bow, mm-hmm. B-O-W, spelled, spelling on both of them. Oh, there are so many. And, Train. Right. Rail. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, what I call them is uh, homophones but alamorphs. Al- alamorphs. Uh-huh. In other words, same, same sound but uh, different spellings. Well, not different, mm-hmm. spellings, different, 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 not spelling. Yes. Uh, well, different pronunciation and you meaning. Get, you get the and, picture. And that's again because they've come to the language different through different, through different sources. Yeah. For example, you yeah. you get on a train, but you train to do, uh, you know, train for a race to, to learn something. Uh, it's. Totally different meanings, and yet the word is spelled exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. So I, I'm trying to find a unified word for, for ending with nim or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Although, interestingly enough, with tra- interestingly enough, with train, though, it comes from the— both meanings of train come from the same idea. Huh. The idea—I uh, hate to do this, but Latin, again, comes from the Latin word <laughs> meant uh, to draw or to pull. And so then you get like a pulling, uh-huh. like a, a row of things. And then, but also because you're pulling, you're causing something to grow. And that then became to train for, you know, uh-huh. a, a school or whatever. So both meanings come from the same early, early Latin word. You're listening to London Lopate at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. I say either, you say neither, and I say neither, either, either, and either, neither.
Let's call the whole thing off Yes, you like potato And I like potato You like tomato I like tomato Potato, potato, tomato, tomato We're back with our favorite language experts, Catherine and Ross Petrus. Their books include Awkward Moments, A Lively Guide to the 100 Terms Smart People Should Know, that doesn't mean what you think it means. The 150 most commonly misused words and their tangled histories. And you're saying it wrong, a pronunciation guide to the 150 most commonly mispronounced words and their tangled histories of misuse, all published by 10 Speed Press. They also have a podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. And uh, they also come on our show regularly to talk about the language and also to take your calls, our number here, 212-209-2877. Should we take some more calls? Okay, sure. BAI, oh, you're yeah, on. it's fun. Yeah, well, I have all well, sorts of questions for you, too, but uh, I think that uh, our listeners are g- g- very much in the spirit. Right? Okay, What BAI, you're on the air. Hello? Yes. I have two words, entitled instead of titled, and terrestrial, instead of terrestrial. And titled used to be a common way of describing the title of a book. Mm-hmm. It took about five or six years for the book industry to correct itself to calling it titled. Mm. Are you familiar with that? That is really interesting. As you mm. said it, I was thinking... I do. I, I have seen that. Enti- the book is entitled, mm-hmm. and now I would see the book is titled. That is very cool. interesting. Right. Did you know about that? I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, because it, it's true, because it used to say it's blah, 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 entitled, and I think it's because of reading old books. And it used to be, interestingly enough, the archaic use of entitled was for a title for an individual, like expressing a rank. You were entitled to the king. It wasn't even like a literary piece. Of course, now, the word entitled means something different than titled, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're, enti- you're entitled to think that way anyway. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I was waiting for, I was waiting for letters to There's another word, terrestrial, they call it. Instead of terrestrial, it like, sounds uh-huh. like terrestrial. Hmm. If you say beast, it's bestial, right? In other uh-huh. words that end in... A-L, I can't think of right now. So beast is bestial. Terrestrial, not terrestrial or terrestrial. Right. Well, why Correct. is it pronounced? Yes. Why is it pronounced but it's terrestrial still, rather It still than dominates the industry, the printing industry, and then anywhere else. There was one right. New York Times, a New York Times reporter once, years ago, who said terrestrial. So, but still, today, everybody says terrestrial, if I want to emphasize. Ter- terrestrial, and, yeah. So yeah, it's, how are we going to change the word? Yeah. Well, it's, actually, though, it's, they, it's, they both come, but they both come from different roots. Terrestrial comes from the Latin terrestrius, terrestrialis. Trial comes from a different uh, root word. I think that's probably why. Hmm. But that comes from a, a Latin, late Latin word, uh, trialum. One of the things and that trips the one of the things that trips uh, some people up, 
me at times, the suffixes <laughs> A-B-L-E and I-B-L-E, as in comfortable and collectible. Why wouldn't well, collectible be collect-able? Because it makes perfect sense for it to be collect-able. Is there a rule when to use able and when to use able? We actually wrote, you say able, I say able. We actually wrote a piece on that for uh, CNBC. I know, that's why and I brought it up. Right now, right off the bat, there is basically, don't, you just have to memorize it. Hmm. They're all, you to, <laughs> unless the you're like a Latin etymologist and want to go into the Latin. It's like, it's like memorizing the, the double uh, spelling mistakes, for example, when you use a double P in a parent and a parallel, but uh, one P on apology for some reason. Yeah, no. <laughs> what gets me, though, with the eyeball, able ones is, is, as you said, collectible. Mm-hmm. I always spelled it collectible with the I. Mm-hmm. But more and more I saw it with the A, collectible, and now I think they're both correct. Neither is wrong, but to me, I still think the A looks wrong and the I yeah, looks no, right. Yeah, no, I, I both perfectly okay. No, but I think I B L E is collectible and comfortable is A B L E. But who knows? Uh, let's take another call. B A I, you're on the air. Hi, good afternoon. Pleasure to hear you all. Um, I'm holding a book by a man named John Train. He lists 63 different what he continents. He calls them antilogies including one double antilogy, the word moot, mm-hmm. which I'll read what he says, so I, I don't fully understand it. Maybe you will work it out. <laughs> Uh-oh. Now I'm worried. <laughs> the, the first one I is, think he's making a moot point, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> first one is under consideration or not under consideration, and the second one is undecided or in law decided. Uh, so I haven't come across all four meanings. I have only heard the one that Leonard just <laughs> But uh, his other ones are quite good, like fast is either moving rapidly or not moving, as in right. make fast or stand fast. Yeah. Right. I guess it's 63. A few of them in other languages. but uh, Anything uh, in Spanish? Yeah, That's uh, what no. I was just going to ask. I, I, I did look at There are a couple in French. Um, Thank you for trying. Yeah. And if I could complain about one change in the, in the language I'm hearing a lot, and it really bothers me, is people are no longer making the subject and verb agree. So they'll say mm-hmm. things like, the reason for eating raspberries are. Mm. And mm-hmm. I can't stand mm. that. Yes. It's going. It's uh, it's it's. I've heard it quite a few times. But there are things that rankle that are just, I guess, personal. For example, um, when uh, people are uh, introduced on talk shows, often they say, "Thank you for having me," and to me, mm-hmm. that sounds uh, that makes me uncomfortable. Thank you for inviting me, <laughs> having me on, but for having me. Yeah, you've been had. The Am I being picky? Been, you've, been, you've, been, you've been had, yeah. And that's the uh, new cliche. Everybody says, thank you for having me. Yeah. I, I, my that's mind true. is dirty. I, I think of it as a sexual thing. Yeah, I, well, I, I was thinking like the same thing. Yeah. We all think word. that. We all think that, but yeah. I didn't want to say it because I'm, you know. <laughs> it might come back to haunt me. Okay, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, hello, Leonard. It's your old friend, Jeffrey. Hi, Jeffrey. I, I actually called about the use of uh, awful and awesome. Uh, 
I've sung a personal song many times that's called Your Awful Voice. And I've given up trying to explain it, so I've replaced awful with awesome, and then they, the audience accepts it. They cannot accept your awful voice to thee, I cry, is what it is. So it is that an old hymn? Pardon me? Is that a hymn? No, it's a personal song. Oh. Uh, actually, it's from the Fairy Queen, uh, and I've sung it many mm. times. I finally decided to stop trying to explain it, so I just changed it. <laughs> Awesome. So, so when Purcell said he wrote it, right so when he wrote it, awful meant something positive. It's positive. It means they're awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome sounds yeah. like awful. It only has two syllables, so it works in performance uh, for people who don't know Purcell's music. They just accept that. But I know I'm mm. screwing up poor <laughs> Purcell. <laughs> well, luckily Purcell isn't around to correct you. I know it's a terrible. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Leonard. It's great to talk to you, and you are awesome. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank God I'm not awful. Uh, BAI here. <laughs> We're taking calls, by the way, at 212-209-2877. Uh, if you want to join this conversation, and uh, in a moment we will take another call. BAI, you're, no, not yet? Okay. So, um, <laughs> let's see. There are so, all sorts of other things. Um, there are, I always think about the words that have double C's, for example, accommodate, account, accept, accent, but uh, also occurrence, which has both a double C and a double R. Uh, in some cases, the double C is because we're using the C, we have a hard C, and in some cases, because it's a, there, it, like accent or accept. Mm -hmm. There's two different C's there. I, I, this is such a complicated language. It is. We don't say exam. Ex Excuse me. I was going to say Italian is the other case where the C's always throw me. The double C's being, what? What is it? The double C's are the soft ones. Wait, wait, no, uh -huh. no, wait a second. Focaccia, yeah, and the single C's are the hard ones. And, yeah, and that's you the feel like it ought to be but the, the opposite. C's in, but the double C's in, in English mostly. Here we go again. Come from the Latin because you're saying uh, like mm -hmm. accept. You're putting. A prefix add ad mm. to another word capere to take, but then that d kind mm. of gets sort of mushy. Add to capere sounds weird, so that the d sort of faded to a c. That's why we have double c's. It sort of fossilized Latin. Oy, oy, oy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> should we take another call? Yeah, let's yeah. get away from the Latin. Yeah. Well, well, you know, you can't get away from yeah, Latin when you talk about fun. English. You can't get away from Latin <laughs> no, and German and French, right? No, exactly. And, right. and Greek. Uh huh. <laughs> A little bit of Greek too. Yeah. Let's take another call. B A I, you're on the air. Lenny, remember the word awful? It's an awful word. That used to be a positive word. You were full of awe. I know. We said that earlier. Mm -hmm. you, you 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 weren't listening, right? Or <laughs> okay, well he hung up. I guess he was making some point there. B A I, you're on the air. Hello. Leonard? Yes. Can you hear me? Good. Yeah, Joel here. Listen, one thing that's bothered me is the word to redact in English. I first came across it when I was learning French. And redaction and rediger means to write or to draft. But in English, it means to cross out. How did that happen? Um, that's really interesting because redact, uh, 
Well, should I mention Latin again? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. I don't think you we... can avoid it, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now it comes from a Latin word. Um, the Latin verb is redigere, which means to drive back. And then the, the past participle becomes redacted, which means to right. basically reduce it into a, um, into a certain state. So it seems pretty much straightforward. However, the um, putting it into presentable literary form came in the 1800s, I believe. Is that right, Kath? I think 1850. I have so. to say, so redact as in censoring didn't start until the late 50s. Yeah, so it's a, it's a late, that's a later, but I'm saying the reasoning behind it was the Latin, actually. It's driving back, putting it back into a certain state. So, but I'm trying to figure out. Okay, I understand that. But how did we get from putting it? Different, okay, so, so but but how do we jump from there to censoring? Because you're not putting it in a previous state. You're you're removing things, typically for legal or you know, confidentiality. Uh, you know. Well, it, I think what reasons, happened was right? in the French redaction in the French comes from the 1700s. It means a working over and editing. You're putting it into a good uh -huh. state. So I think from there, probably, um, I, that's a tough one. You know, it's always hard to figure out what happened. But I think from the French thing of working it over, I think then it became working over in a, in a negative sense. Does that make sense? Interesting. Plus, that could be. The thing that gets me, though, is I don't remember hearing redact to the same degree until the 70s. I mean, up until then, I usually heard censor. And I don't know, mm. when did we switch from censor to redact? Or edit it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it meant working over to be acceptable to the authorities or the CIA or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's, that's a great one. I, think makes sense. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Thank you so much for your call. By the way, our number here is 212-209-2877 if you want to speak to Kathy and Ross Petrus about the language. This is WBAI New York 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you great. Yes, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm calling to talk about the language. And uh, I also wonder if anybody has mentioned how the language has power to actually slow down the human mind. And it goes from, like, using a word like period and how we have to have it in context because you don't understand what someone's saying unless it's period as a woman's cycle or period at the end of a sentence or a period of time. Mm. And all of these actually mm -hmm. slow down the mind. So you have to use it in context because mm -hmm. we're light beings that travel at the speed of light. Where our neurons fire off at 128,000 miles an hour per second. And the speed of sound travels at 750 miles an hour. 758 miles an hour, so we actually have to slow our mind down. I don't know if anyone has ever had that been brought to attention or how we have to be, you know, we earn a living, but a earn is what you put um, dead people in. Or if you, you know, you have to be in a week days during the week, and a week is a state, but yet we have five days of the week. You know, you're a week in state. So I wonder if anybody has put any attention to these types of words or any power yeah, to that punsters have <laughs> what are they mm -hmm. called mm -hmm. punsters love yeah. that that's one of the things that makes english really rich for for people who make puns like me mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah but there's actually but there if you get to it there's power in the word yeah 
right? Even, mm-hmm. even if you're a Christian mm-hmm. or if you're an, even not a Christian, when you want to speak something, you speak it into existence. So we ever wonder how we're, you know, in a week days and we're mourning every good morning every day, but yet mourning is a state that you're in mm-hmm. when someone dies. I so want to get back to that word period, because period yeah. me, as part of a, a woman's cycle, as opposed to the end of a sentence, it's just so different. You, exactly, yeah. completely different, you know? They, you, I could see period being like a period of time uh, being nope. connected, but not the end of the sentence. Is it just... It, it doesn't make sense. So, so, Ross, is this another Latin thing? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> yes, and that... And, but actually, the complexity here goes goes further with period, because period in Latin, I'm just thinking off the top of my head right now, is periodus, hmm. which means a complete sentence. And then it comes from hmm. the Greek, which would be peri, which is around. And then around hmm. going, in hodos would be going. So it's around a road. Hmm. So in a way, it's like exodus is outside of a road. Period is around a road. So I guess you could say it's like a cycle going around and round, which gets us to it's the true. period of the dot. And then it's as the dot at the end. That's interesting. Menstruation, menstruation, which gets us to the to to uh, a period as a as a female thing. That's very so, that's very poetic, period, Ross. <laughs> what? I said that was very poetic actually. Uh, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> but I think that's what happens with period. And that's the beauty of language though, I think. You know, it, it just has all these these swirling meanings that that end up ending onto something. So I think in this case, I have a question. I have a question yes. for all of you. Have you noticed that of late? And I've only noticed this, I would say, in the last year, and I'm I'm hearing it a lot lately. Instead of saying period, like people used to say something and go period at the end of a sentence, like you know, you're talking, you go that's it, period. People now say full stop. Hmm. Have you noticed that? Yes. That's like definitely becoming a trend. Where did that come from? So why did we drop period for full stop? I still say period. So do I, but we're older. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I, I just one more before I take another call. Uh, I was thinking about EpiPens and then the word, then Epi, uh, as it uh, is on so many different words, epitaph, epithet, epigraph, mm-hmm. epigram. Does it all have the same m- does the epi all have the same meaning for all of those things? Epi pen, I don't know, actually. Well, epi. Well, doesn't it mean? Epi pen is, on, is uh, for drugs, but the, all the other ones are words. Uh, I was just. Yeah. Epitaph, epithet, ep, epigraph, epigram. I'm sure there are other ones. Yeah, usually they do. Epi means on in Greek. Right. So that's epitaph what I would be uh, writing on Written a. On. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah. Epithet is writing about and on. It's an inscription on a tomb. Epitaph would be, you know, inscription on a tomb or monument. So then, but epipen is a weird one. I wonder where they got epipen. It probably was the EPI standing for some of the the drugs that, yeah. Well, that's what I I bet bet it's epipen, whatever it's called. I bet it's the drug. Hmm. Let's say epinephrine, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, epinephrine. Okay, so it's epinephrine, epi. (laughs) Let's take another call. (laughs) This is getting confusing. BAI, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Um, Thank you for this very interesting program. I was listening to the word redact. Mm -hmm. I'm 71 years old from Costa Rica. And I can remember from the age of 
four, five, when I was in the first grade in Spanish school, I heard the word redactar, which is redact with an A-R at the end, mm -hmm. which meant mm -hmm. either to write something or to correct something. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if mm -hmm. redact was taken from the Spanish redactar with the A-R at the end, but they chopped it and said redact. Or could it be taken from Latin and then both Spanish uses an awful lot of right. Latin? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So but I just that's very interesting. It meant both. I heard that word from 1955, 54, hmm. when I was in the first grade in Costa Rica. Hmm. Uh, and it had a dual meaning. That's very interesting. Yes, they would say, tiene que redactar eso, o vamos a redactar algo. So <laughs> meaning either correct, redo, or... We have to write something. Interesting. Yes. That's very interesting. So that's actually much more related to the lat the root the roots than it had been in yeah. English for years. Yeah, right. that's very interesting. Uh -huh. I just wanted to share that. That was in Costa Rica, in Fort Limon, Costa Rica. Okay. I like thank that. You. Very well, interesting and very um, informative. And and thank you so much thank for your you. call. And thank you all of you who have called. And my special thanks, of course, to Kathy and Ross Petras. I've mentioned the names of their books, but you can also listen to their podcast. You're saying it wrong. Uh, and do are there any new books in the works? We actually have a history book coming out next year. <laughs> Okay. We went a little a little farther afield this time. Well, we'll have you back to talk about that. But thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you, Leonard. Thank you for having us, Leonard. Oh. That brings us to the end of our show. Special thanks to segment producer Barbara Kahn, who prepared today's interview. If you're new to this program and you like what you've been hearing, you can access past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. You'll also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are links to our over 500 past shows at LeonardLopateAtLarge.com. And if you'd like to write to me, my email address is leonardlopate at wbai.org. As you may have heard, WBAI is still experiencing major financial difficulties due to the pandemic, so we are asking anyone who isn't already supporting this station to go online to give to wbai.org or to call 212-209-2950 to become a member. Please do it now, 212-209-2950. Why not support the programming that you turn to to learn about the latest important books or documentaries or a topic that you hadn't ever thought about this deeply before or to, to be able to call in and have fun? Do it for us, do it for WBAI, do it for other listeners who aren't currently in a financial position to be able to support community radio. And one very helpful way to contribute is to become a sustaining member, what we call a BAI buddy, um, $10, $15, $20, whatever you're comfortable with a month until you decide that, well, okay, you want to discontinue. But we really appreciate the fact that we would know that the money will be continuing to come in. However you donate, the important thing is that you take that first step and make a tax-deductible contribution of any amount by calling 212-209-2950 or by going online to give to WBAI.org. And please be sure to make that contribution in the name of Leonard Lobate at large and from all of us at the show. Thanks. We're off tomorrow. 
but I hope you can join us on Friday when Erica Abiel will discuss her latest book, The Commune. We'll see you then.